Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. On this week's episode, episode 58, your wonderful hosts, Mike Ludwig, Kyle Mersch, and Wyatt Teeter are going to be bringing you college football, college basketball, the NFL, and of course our signature segments, Mike's Stupid Rules, and Write That Down Predictions. Yeah, we will jump right into that disastrous slash completely fitting Cyclone football game on uh, that happened on Saturday. I mean, I don't know. I didn't get to watch much of the game. I watched some highlights and some replays and stuff. But based on the stats I'm seeing and everything like that, that just seems like a completely, completely fitting way for this Cyclone football season to end. I don't know what you think, Kyle. Well, I was so... It- for all of you who are unaware, I was actually at the game, and boy, was it cold. And it was quite a miserable way to start the game on, what, like a 90, I think that was like a 94-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Yeah, very, very undisciplined in uh, in filling gaps, and K-State blockers just were able to get out in front, um, and nobody could catch the speedster, Youngblood, Um But the thing that was so frustrating throughout the entire game is in the first half, Iowa State's defense was able to, and punting, was able to pin K-State deep in their own territory. And Iowa State had at least three drives in plus field position, like where they started in plus field position in K-State, like in K-State territory, and nothing came out of it. And that was just absolutely inexcusable. You get... And then there, there were also uh, two turnovers that put Kate or that put Iowa State in plus territory, a fumble as well as a, a horribly thrown uh, interception um, by K State Skylar Thompson right into the heart of the uh, zone picked off by Greg Eisworth. But Iowa State won the turnover margin. But the biggest reason why they lost the game is they were one in thirteen on third down. Now, granted, they were two out of two on fourth down, uh, one of those being for a touchdown. The other one uh, actually kept a drive alive to get um, a touchdown. But one out of 13 on third down isn't good at all. Um, And you just can't waste the opportunities that you're given when you have great field position. Uh, Brees Hall looked great at times, but then there were a lot of times where we were uh, relying on Brock Purdy's arm, and he it it showed he didn't have the arm strength in this football game in the wind in order to actually win the game for us. I think we needed to rely more on the on Brock's legs, which I didn't think he ran enough. Um, but I, it was just such a frustrating game to sit there and watch, especially in the freezing cold when we couldn't seem to get anything going at all. Yeah, but I mean, this is a, this is a Cyclone team that had uh, so much potential on the year, and they just couldn't, right? So Coach Campbell's saying, right, winning the margins, right, has been one of the big things that Coach Campbell has said, right? And that's the exact opposite of what Iowa State did this year, Right? You drop. They were dropping interceptions. That's what killed us against Iowa and Oklahoma. You were making boneheaded plays late in the game. That's what happened against Oklahoma State and Iowa. You are f- 
only playing half the game, right? Falling behind big against Baylor and Oklahoma, um, right? They just they wouldn't they didn't ever seem to be able to put a big or a complete game together and just make all those details click at the same time. And like in, that, in other games like Kansas and Texas, I don't feel like the team played a full game either. No, I in mean, those games. I mean, Kansas is really, really bad, and you let them be ahead of you at the end of the or in the fourth quarter. You somehow Texas, let them score thirty-one points when they can only manage six points against Baylor. I mean, like Texas, come on. Texas had about fifty yards of offense through the first twenty-eight minutes of that football game and almost beat you. You let them back into the game, right? You just never played a complete game, and I think that. I think that was what hurt this team, right? And it's very uncharacteristic of a Coach Campbell coaching. And again, against K-State, the false starts, what was it, six false starts yeah. against K-State? Why are false starts such a problem for this team? I mean, it was the same thing against the ball game against Washington State. And if you remember, we detailed that it was the, the stunts that Washington State did. That uh, K-State, K-State wasn't stunting. So what no. was the – I mean, the crowd the couldn't stadium, have been that loud and that cold. No. So the stadium was at kickoff 80 to 85 percent full. Okay. It was loud at kickoff, especially after the kickoff return. But a vast majority of those false starts came in the second half. And by then, the crowd had thinned out to maybe 50 at best, 50 percent full. And mm-hmm. so crowd noise wasn't really that big of an issue. It was just mental errors with. We lost the game in the margin and in the margins, and it seems like we've been doing that all season. Those things we used to talk about this last year and say Matt Campbell's going to get this, this, and this cleaned up for next week, and we could usually see that happen. But it seemed like he tried to get it cleaned up, and maybe it did for one game, but then it reared its ugly head again in the very next game. Yeah. and it just know. all it all started with the first game of the season against you and I. Yeah, and we well, barely got out of that game. Yeah, yeah, and then at after Iowa and after destroying Louisiana Monroe, that looked like uh, maybe it was a fluke. But I think in the end, I think that that you and I game really does sum up the season, right? You were able to beat you were able to beat inferior opponents because you were more talented. But you let pretty much everybody stick around because you you just you were just missing the details, and you just can't keep missing those details if you want to if you want to take the next step. And this was a good year, right? By no means. Well, we'll talk more about the year after the ball game is over. But this is a good year. Cyclone well, fans should not be disappointed. So now we're complaining about details that could have potentially landed us maybe a 10-win season, mm-hmm. whereas four years ago we were talking about details that were barely getting us to three wins. So right. we there's nothing – we can't turn into Texas fans where we expect to win 10, <laughs> 11, Texas 12 back? games a season. Texas, I can confirm, is not back. Uh, Are you sure? I think 7-5 is what every Texas fan was hoping for this year. That's what uh, was in Tom Herman's job description. He had to do really well one season, but then it was back to mediocrity um, after that. So they are back to mediocrity. But for the Cyclones, you still have a potential to get eight wins this season if you clean everything up and go win a bowl game. 
Mm-hmm. And speaking of bowl games, I have what is probably bad news for most Cyclone fans. I have a feeling most Cyclone fans will not be happy by this. Uh, it looks like from everything that I am seeing and based on what I'm figuring out, the Cyclones bowl game will be a Liberty Bowl back down in Memphis. So looks like Memphis will be the destination you should look at uh, booking your plane tickets to next Sunday. Um, we will know for sure next Sunday is when bowl games uh, will be officially announced. But it's looking like the Cyclones will end up in Memphis. It's looking like the Big 12 bowl breakdown will be whoever wins that Big 12 championship game goes to will the go New, to Year's a, a New Year's Six Bowl. Now, this, this can all change bowl. if either Oklahoma or Baylor ends up in the playoff because that changes things. But presuming neither of them end up in the playoff, um, the winner of the Big 12 championship game goes to the New Year's Six. The loser goes to the Alamo Bowl. Um, Oklahoma State will go to the Camping World Bowl. K-State, because uh, finished with the same record and they beat us, will end up at the Texas Bowl. That leaves Iowa State to the Liberty Bowl and Texas to the Cheez-It Bowl is what it looks like is going to happen. Now, things could change if the Big 12 gets a team in the playoff the loser of that Big 12 championship game probably slides up or does slide up into a New Year's Six Bowl, right? Because there's a tie-in with the Big 12, correct? Mm -hmm. So that means that then Oklahoma State would slide up to the Alamo, K-State slides up to the Camping World, and Iowa State slides up to the Texas Bowl, which would probably be a better destination to go to than Memphis, slightly more prestigious bowl game. Plus, there's a chance... That the Camping World Bowl, like I talked about in a previous week, I can't remember if it was last week or not, really liked really likes Iowa State. So there's a chance that the Camping World Bowl would pick Iowa State over K-State, but I don't think the Texas Bowl would. So you're no. rooting for Oregon to beat Utah in the Pac-12 title game so that the winner of the Big 12 can uh, end up in the Have playoff maybe slide everybody up. You're, we're rooting, we're rooting okay. for Oregon over Utah and, L- and LSU over Georgia in order Correct. for Oklahoma to make it. Or Baylor. Or Baylor. Don't just count Baylor. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not when the, when, the, when the college football playoff rankings come out, we'll, see a, we'll learn a lot because where the, the, the five teams I'm most interested to see where they're ranked after this, or six teams, is Alabama, Oklahoma, Baylor, Wisconsin, Penn State, and Minnesota. Those are the six teams I'm most interested to see because those have the biggest implications as far as bowl games are concerned with the New Year's Six, the playoff, et cetera, et cetera. So those are the six teams to watch on Tuesday night when the uh, college football playoff rankings come out. Yeah. And speaking of rankings, uh, have you ever heard of a team that's moved up 22 spots in the rankings? That's ever? insane. But I didn't look. I didn't look at the AP poll for college basketball when it came out uh, this morning, just because I was like, "Well, Cyclones aren't in it. Gophers aren't in it. What more do I need to know?" And then I looked at it here as I was prepping for this episode, and I see Michigan, who was unranked going into the year, up 22 spots to number four, number four in the nation from unranked. They received nine first place votes. Yeah, it's That's looking sec- like that second it's highest. Lo- to Louisville, who's number one overall. It's looking like that Juan, or Juan Howard coaching hire was probably the best coaching hire of all time. Well, at, whoa, right now, whoa, it's a whoa, home run whoa, hire. Whoa. 
at this point, it's a home run hire. If he goes on to win a national championship, then it might be the hire of the, at least of the decade. But, so, like, going or talking about Michigan is uh, part of this Cyclone basketball segment as they travel to the Battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas this past week, started in on Wednesday. Um, with that loss to Michigan, they actually played them really, really closely. It was only a uh, seven-point loss, uh, the final score being 83-76. to 76. Um, Tyrese Halliburton had another great game. Uh, he put in 25 points, nine rebounds, five assists to go along with four steals. Um, the Cyclones were, however, just outshot in that game. Uh, Michigan shot 58% from the field, 48% from three, as well as shooting 72% from the line. Uh, Cyclones were once again out-rebounded, which seems to be the case for the past three, four years. Um, They did, however, uh, win the turnover margin 22 to nine. So the Cyclones only had nine uh, turnovers in that game, which it's kind of a rough way to lose a game when you are able to force 22 turnovers and you don't win. However, it does look like Michigan is a very, very legit team uh, this season as they did go on to beat North Carolina in the next round, as well as Gonzaga in the final to win that tournament in Bahamas. Uh, Both of those teams, North Carolina and Gonzaga, were uh, in the top eight last week in the rankings. Right right now they're seven and nine. So those are big wins. Um, But then the Cyclones in the loser's bracket uh, wound up with Alabama in the second round. Uh, Once again, another great game from Tyrese Halliburton. He put in 23 points, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists. Uh, In the game, they shot much better from the field. 52% from the field as well as 52% from three. Also put in 71% from the free throw line. Uh, They were out-rebounded again but still had fewer turnovers in the game. And also this game was quite, was one of the emergencies of uh, Razier Bolton, kind of what we hoped we would get when he, we recruited him. Uh, he was seven of 11 from the field, as well as putting in five out of seven threes uh, in route to 22 points on his night. Um, and then in the final game of the tournament, the Cyclones wound up facing Seton Hall at the one of the one of the two times they will play them uh, within ten days of each other. Uh, Seton Hall was ranked 13 at the time, um, and they ended up losing by 12. This game was much closer uh, midway through the second half um, than it ended up being. But the Cyclones shot poorly. Um, they we're 9 out of 27 from 3, uh, so this team is trying to live or die by the 3. Once again, got out-rebounded, um, and once again, did win the turnover margin. So it looks like the Cyclones, this team will be based on creating turnovers, not giving the ball away, um, and hopefully at some point, some of these uh, 3s begin to fall for the Cyclones. Uh, now this week, the Cyclones do face uh, UMKC. Uh, at Hilton on Wednesday, and they also play Seton Hall um, again this week as they play them next Thursday, or next Saturday, sorry. Next Saturday, or never mind, next Sunday in Hilton. Sunday in Hilton. I I put it on the outline. It says right on the outline, Sunday the 8th. Nope. 
Nope. Right I, didn't. There. I decided not to read your notes. Well, why? So, why? Why because, do I make the notes if you're not going to read them anyway? Because they're irrelevant. But what isn't irrelevant are, very relevant. are any of they are well, very relevant because you just screwed up something I made a note about. That makes them well, what very isn't what isn't irrelevant are those losses because none of those losses that the Cyclones had uh, in that tournament are bad losses. Um, so that still puts them in position to potentially be a tournament team, uh, depending on how they uh, start to play going or finishing out the rest of the non-conference schedule and going into conference play with with what's looking like KU's conference again this season as Texas Tech uh, decided not to show up in any of their games in their tournaments this week as they lost to Creighton as well as Iowa. So not a great showing in the Big 12 for uh, tournaments this week for at least those two teams. Um, But right now in the Big 12, West Virginia and Oklahoma State are both undefeated. They played relatively weak schedules so far, and then Kansas only has the one loss coming early on in the season. So it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up the rest of the way and if Iowa State can get out of the bottom of the Big 12 right now. Yeah, Iowa State is still ranked, uh, what do I got, that 38th in the Ken Palm. That's very much in a position to make the NCAA tournament if they can stay there, so... Iowa State's still in good shape. Definitely not panic mode. Especially since Tyrese Halliburton and George Condit are both studs for this team, and now it looks like Razier Bolton is starting to be a very key role player for this yes. team as well. Definitely definitely don't. Unless you lose to a nobody through the rest of the non-conference season, no need to panic in, unless we fall apart. So don't panic. Go win some games get to conference season relatively with four or less losses, and then you're, you're in good shape. So, You know who might need to panic just slightly, though? Uh, anybody who is in the NFC or the AFC West besides the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. Pretty much. That sums it all up. Oakland has now laid two duds in a row. Uh, the first one coming at the hands of the New York Jets, and now this week, they get blown out by the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, 40 to nine. Um, not a great showing at all for Derek Carr. Uh, he gave through a horrible, horrible interception um, on the play. Just basically threw it right to Tyron Matthew. Uh, and the Chiefs really were in control of this game the entire way. The run defense is still a glaring issue going forward. Uh, which is going to be a really bad thing if they do uh, match up with the Baltimore Ravens potentially in the playoffs. Uh, That'll be an early out for the Chiefs. But right now it looks like they have almost secured a playoff playoff spot since the uh, 538 um, does give them a 99% chance to win the division. that means they are 2-0 against Oakland this year, which is their only closest competition as Denver beat the Los Angeles Chargers this week to uh, put both of those teams at 4-8. and eight. And now since Kansas City has two, get two wins over Oakland, the, game, the, the division is basically under wraps uh, for the Chiefs going yeah, forward. The, the, the Chiefs essentially have a three. Since they have the tiebreaker over Oakland, 
The Chiefs essentially have a three-game lead in that division with four games to play, and Oakland's not good, and they're the team yep. that's trying to catch them. So, and Kansas City, any, Kansas any, City still gets Denver and the Chargers. Yeah, any in Chiefs, Arrowhead. any Chiefs win, win, or any um, Raiders loss essentially will um, be enough. Another huge game that happened this week, though, was Baltimore uh, hosting the San Francisco 49ers in a game that was big not only uh, for those two teams that could potentially be two Super Bowl teams this year, but the race for uh, like the number one seed or the first round buy in the playoffs um, as the Ravens. Uh, ended up pulling away from the 49ers on a game-winning field goal by Justin Tucker in what turned out to be an absolutely fantastic game. Both defenses showed up. It was a very close game throughout um, with Baltimore being able to prevail. Which now that puts that puts the 49ers at a little bit of a disadvantage because they now have to travel to New Orleans next week to take on the Saints as they are still fighting to stay in that first round bye um, with Seattle still that, nipping at the heels. That first round bye race in the NFC is going to be incredibly interesting. You've got the Saints, the Niners, the Seahawks, the Vikings, and the Packers. There's five teams all within a game of each other competing for that first round bye in the NFC. That's that's impressive. Well, I guess yeah. a game and a half technically because the Vikings haven't played yet. Um, in week 13, they are playing Monday night tonight against Seattle, which will go a long ways in determining that first round bye. But yep. that's that's five teams right there, all with a greater than 20% chance of ma- we- making that first round bye, according to 538 Sports. So. Yeah. Well, and speaking of New Orleans, they already wrapped up their division on Thanksgiving Day. So at this point, all they are playing for is home field advantage. The right to play to well, have and the, the NFC and that, and that buy. It, well, yeah, they, they haven't the, locked the up right to buy. have the right to have the NFC go through New Orleans is what I what I meant to say there. Um, but a, another division that is a little bit uh, closer than some people might have expected this year is the AFC East because they go down to Houston and lose to Deshaun Watson and the Texans on Sunday night football and Buffalo win or won on Thursday night against the Dallas Cowboys to pull within one game uh, of the Patriots for the AFC East. Now Buffalo did already lose to new England this season up in Buffalo. So they do have to travel to Foxborough uh, for their next game, but it's going to be interesting to see if Buffalo can indeed pull that out and potentially win that division for the first time in forever since the Patriots have owned that division. But the Patriots have owned that division, yes. But is Tom Brady finally done? Like is can this be his last season? Because he's I mean, it seems it seems like he's a shell of his former of what he like once was. Um right now he has he has a pretty pretty low uh passer rating on the season he's only, he has an 88.2 passer rating on the season with only 18 touchdowns and six interceptions on the year yeah he certainly is i mean he's doing enough because um 
that defense, that defense is, so is fantastic. Yeah, but yeah, I I'm not gonna say he's done, but he's certainly not. Uh, he's certainly not uh, carrying that team like he was in the past. In the past, Tom Brady was carrying that team for the defense. Now it's certainly uh, the other way around, where that defense is uh, is carrying the team for him. And they're able to do it. I mean, I mentioned a stat at the beginning of the year of how, I think it was after six games or seven games through the season. If the offense didn't score a single touchdown, they would have been they would have had three wins, three losses, and one tie. That's how good that defense has been at scoring uh, so far this season and holding opponents to very, very few points. Yeah, the defense has been insane. But we'll see. I'm rooting for the Bills. The, 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 oh, yeah. Your most interesting stat for this weekend is that this was the first time since November 5th, 2011, that Alabama and the Patriots have lost on the same weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. Since since November 2011, first time they've lost on the same weekend. That's insane. War Eagle. Yes. Yes. Go, not Alabama. Alabama won't make the playoff now, guaranteed. So, boom. I mean, maybe they sneak in. Do they sneak in? Maybe Oregon beats. Uh, probably not. I don't see there's a way. Anyway, I that's off topic. But I don't see but a way that, they sneak if, in. If that did happen, there would be so many questions about the college football playoff committee at that point. But if Oregon beats Alabama, or Oregon beats Utah, Baylor beats Oklahoma, right? Your choice is now Alabama or Baylor, right? You've got to pick one last Baylor, right? You would think so. I would think, but, I mean, I don't or know. If- or if Wisconsin was to beat Ohio State, does Wisconsin get in? Right. Does Wisconsin get in over? Yeah, but I mean, maybe. As well as Ohio State? Who knows? The odds that. But, I mean, Wisconsin, according to 538, still has an 8% chance to make the playoff. It says Alabama has a less than 1% chance. So, no, Alabama that, is not going to make the playoff. And that is something we can discuss next week yeah why it's probably getting upset at us that we're going over a our little time bit. segment while we're talking about something that's not even related to this segment so we're very good at this professionals do you know what else we're really good at rules? sharing some stupid rules with our loyal listeners would you care to fill us in on whatever stupid rule you have pulled up this week mike yes so um instead of going with a rule that's actually applicable, but um, but I didn't know, or you might not know. We're going to go with some NFL rules that you don't know and are absolutely not applicable because they either never get called or they're just obsolete. We're going to go with two of them. that you prob- This first one could actually apply, but you probably didn't know. So let's say your quarterback is on a center and you've got a, uh, and you've got a bad snap and the quarterback misses the snap. And the ball goes through the quarterback's legs. Okay, say that happens, and somebody, uh, by rule, the quarterback has to be the next person to touch the ball, not just the next per- offensive person, the next person. Period. So if somebody other than the quarterback touches the ball after the ball is snapped through the quarterback's legs, it is a false start instead of a fumble. 
The play is immediately blown dead, and it's a false start. What if it goes, like, to the side of the quarterback? Nope. Not between his legs. Goes, Why? We'll specifically say if it goes through the quarterback's legs. Why? Is, is there a reason I for that? I, not that I know of, but and, and not that I can figure out. But those are the rules. So if a snap goes through the quarterback's legs, he has to be the next person to touch it, or it is a false start. The second one is that NFL rules um, specifically say that um, the t- if a team scores a touchdown, the opposing team gets to decide whether they would like to receive or kick off, right? So that's still in the rules. So technically, after somebody scores a touchdown off of you, you can choose to kick the ball off of them. So or to choose to kick the ball to them as opposed to, you know, receiving it. So is there like a, can you think of a scenario where that actually be useful? Cause I, I can't like, like, I mean, I, I, I can't think of anything strategically that would make sense for that to happen. I don't think so. But I mean, so back in the old days of the NFL, they used to actually huddle up right after any touchdown because of this, Right. You'd meet in the middle of the field after every score because a decision had to be made. Now they just assume that you're going to, like, choose to receive the football. And so it's a they fair don't assumption. Even, don't even have a hot off. But there you go. Two obscure rules that will never come into effect, but now you know them anyway. Interesting. Thank you for enlightening us. Yeah. We certainly appreciate it. I mean, your, your brains aren't full of, enough, full of enough useless knowledge already. So I figured I would just help you out there with more useless knowledge. Again, we appreciate it. But you can like continue talking if you want, because I think we got some stuff to pull off the board on our write that down predictions board. I said board twice, but it's fine. So let's go ahead and go into our accountability session. Let you lead that off. Yes, we actually have a large accountability session. Six predictions, uh, at least one for everybody coming off the board this week. Um, first, one prediction coming off the board for me last week, if you remember, I predicted that the Gophers would beat the Badgers. That didn't, did, nope, didn't happen. So for nope. that, I get no, a... No, it did not happen. Nah. Two, predi- nah two Packers me. predictions coming off the board from Josh, both of them in a not good fashion. Uh, Josh predicted a few weeks ago that the Packers would win out. They got trounced by the 49ers. So for that, Josh gets a... And Josh also predicted that the Packers would lose three out of their next four. He predicted that two weeks ago. They've now won two games since then after they beat the New York Giants in the snowy Meadowlands uh, this last week. So for that, Josh gets a... Two predictions coming off the board from Wyatt. First, a few weeks back, he predicted that his fantasy football team would finish above 500. He was 500, and then he proceeded to lose his last two games because, among other reasons, he just decided not to put in a quarterback. I mean, I would generally put a quarterback in if I was playing fantasy football. It's hard to win without one. Yeah. So for that, Wyatt gets a nah. And and you're bad. (laughs) Hey, you almost lost to me when I didn't have a quarterback. You're also bad. Wyatt didn't have a quarterback. My team is horrible. You're going to make the playoffs. But 
anyway, that's uh, not the point of the segment. You probably don't want to hear about our fantasy football teams because I really don't want to hear about our fantasy football teams. Despite the fact that I'm going to make the playoffs in three of my four leagues, just saying. Um, other prediction for Wyatt coming off the board is that Brock Purdy will start 90% of games for the Cyclones. Even if for some reason he does not start the bowl game, he will um, have started at least 90% of their games. So for that, Wyatt gets a ding, 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 ding. Um, last prediction to come off the board from Kyle a few weeks ago. He predicted that the uh, Cyclone football team would win out, including the bowl game. Um, doesn't matter if they win the uh, uh, if they win the bowl game or not because they lost to K State. So for that, Kyle gets a nah. nah. Um, such a hard game to sit at. Yeah, well, it happened, and now it's over. And now bowl game. Get looking. And now I get, get to look, give a prediction. Get looking forward to going to the beautiful, not at all crime ridden city of Memphis. Just look forward to that. Just. Just, uh, like, nobody just will ever there. get mugged there. No, never happens. The fact. Never happened. Didn't happen to a band member when we were there or anything, so. Spoiler alert, it did. Somebody did get mugged last time we were there. Yeah. So, yeah. rude, Memphis. Ask your citizens not to mug us. I'd appreciate that. That would Especially be Especially the band members. We're nice. Especially. We don't do anything. Especially mm-hmm. the band members. Yeah. We like hey. each other. Yeah, yes, we do. And we also like other people as well, unless you mug us. Rude. Yeah. We should all go find those people who mugged him, like all 300 of us. And, see what and then we should we should get them a bunch of mugs. Mug uh, night. We should all bring them a mug. Yes, I agree. I think that's a good <laughs> idea. Anyway, we're off topic. Kyle, do you want to give us a prediction? Yeah, sure. I'll... Uh, I'll uh, put this one out there that Iowa State basketball will win both of their games this week against UMKC and Seton Hall. One single. All right. What's, I mean, I, I'm assuming that, I mean, I know what our prediction, like it's like what 60% to win against Seton Hall, That's right? According to ESPN. To according to ESPN, there's a 95% chance that we beat UMKC. Okay. That was my next question. And there is a 72 ish percent chance that we beat Seaton Hall. Since it's I, mean, at Hilton. I don't think we're that good, but But it's at Hilton. With students. I won't give you a bunt single, but I'll give you a normal single. So Thank you. same amount I of like points, Wyatt just a little more a little I mean, more dignity. It's it's not like there's anything we have on our spreadsheet that can dictate or that can indicate between a single and a bunt single. I mean they're both worth worth the same. That's looks what like I said. Lot, same amount of points. Looks, it's just it looks like uh, a line drive in the box score tomorrow. Fair enough. Uh, what do you got, Mike? Yeah, I am also going to go with some Iowa State basketball in my predictions because I was looking to diverse. I'm looking to diversify my predictions, have as many different sports teams involved in my predictions as possible, and I didn't have any for Iowa State basketball. So I'm going to predict that both the Cyclone men's team and the Cyclone women's team finish in the top five of the Big Twelve. So the women's team that will happen. The women's team um, was projected to finish fourth in the Big 12. The men's team was predicted, excuse me, to finish seventh in the Big 12. Yeah. Um, I, um, eh, is. Let's go like double, I guess. 
they even themselves out. I'm fine with the double. I'll take yeah. that. Uh, and that also just might be a little generous, but I'll, I'm not mad about a double. I'm not saying it's generous enough to, to warrant complaining about. I'll take the double. All right. Sounds what do good you got to me. What? I am not going to basketball because I still believe that I'm going to Florida for a bowl game. And I'm going to say right. that Iowa State is going to the Camping World Bowl in Orlando, Florida, because I want it. Not because it's um, likely to happen, but because I want it. Home run. I also think that that's a home run. I think that's very unlikely. And I'll be feeling like I just hit a home run after it happens because I'm f- going to Florida. I feel like, are you going to the ball game for sure? I mean, I'm going wherever we go nice. by, my, by my own accord. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, anyway, I think you should just hope for Houston instead of Memphis and call that good enough. Nah. It's yeah. going to happen. Orlando, Houston. Orlando, here I come. Shoot for Houston. Do you have anything from Josh this week? Is he he alive? We do. Yes, it's he not is a alive. Packers prediction. It is not Ooh. a Packers prediction. Uh, what was it? His last one, two, three, four predictions were all Packers predictions. This one is not. Josh predicted that even despite their loss to the Baltimore Ravens this week, the San Francisco 49ers will win the Super Bowl. Um. I mean, it's basically what going to be the 49ers and the Patriots. Like, can we just kind of say that? Well, so the the fourth, according to 538 Wait. Sports, percentages to win the Super Bowl are 30% Baltimore, 15% New England, 15% New Orleans, 10% San Francisco, 7% Minnesota, 6% Seattle, and 5% Kansas City. Those are the only teams with 5% or greater if, San, if San Francisco beats New Orleans next week, they move up to a 16% chance to win the Super or 17%. If they lose, it moves down to a 7%. Mostly because of the chances of the first round bye. Yeah. Believe it or not, whether the whether or not you actually have to play one more game has a big difference on whether or not you can win the Super Bowl. That's why that bye is so important. Less games are always better than more games. I'm going to go with a triple. triple. I was yeah. between a triple and a home run on that one. So if you both say triple, I will say triple. I only say that because I'm assuming they're going to win this. this I'm saying game. triple because they're not going to be a wild card team. And yeah. they do well, they have could, like. They could be a wild card team. They could. Uh, right? They could. I mean, right? Their chances true. to win the division. They only have a. I guess they do have a. They only have a 50 50 shot to win that division, right? So mm-hmm. there's a better chance that they are going to be on the road for their first playoff game than that they'll have a first-round bye. Yeah. So you, I'm, sort of lobbying, I'm lo- sort of lobbying for that to be a home run, I guess. But if you both say I triple, I think I'm still going to say Those triple because they have the fourth-best chance to win the Super Bowl. It's yeah. not I'm, – I'm sticking with the triple. Why I, am, I am not swayed in either direction by either of those arguments, so I'm going to stick with a my initial gut read, which was a triple. Sorry, Josh. Uh, I feel like Josh gets Josh. shafted a lot. I agree, because he's I don't not know here why. to fight for yeah. himself. That's <laughs> yeah. why I was here to fight for Josh. I fought for you. I wanted that to be a home run. You did, so, and that, that is commendable. I mean, odds are it won't happen, and then it won't matter, because you, know, you don't get anything for predicting bigger if it doesn't happen. But we'll see. That's true. That's true. 
So now that we got all four write that down predictions in, just like Josh's past month's worst of predictions was four. Get it? I, I related the four from this episode to four that what happened in previous. That is the conclusion that, of the write that, that down prediction segment. I'm confusing. And also <laughs> the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode 58 of the 8311 cast. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, be sure to drop us a line on our contact page at 8311cast.fireside.fm slash contact or DM us on Instagram. Slide into those DMs and tell us what you think. Signing off for the 8311 cast, we have your hosts. Can I Can I delay this outro for a little bit? Yeah, I guess. I just saw a commercial for a new show called Man vs. Bear, where apparently they're going to have a person, they're going to stick him in the woods and make him run away from a bear. Can, Dude, it's is that like, like a th- can you do that? Is that a thing? It's like televised that, gladiator. And, can that and be allowed? Someone needs to do more research on that show for us and come back to us so we can uh, inform our listeners more about that. Anyway, Mike Ludwig signing off. And Wyatt Teeter. We'll talk to you again next week when we give you more information on Man vs. Bear live on some network's television station. Not sure who. Don't really care because we're not a sponsor. And we'll talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Go Cyclones.